Amen. Praise the Lord. Let everything that I have breath, praise the Lord. Are you breathing this morning, brothers and sisters? <clears throat> Amen. God is good. God is to be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you, Joshua, for singing that or singing that song, reading those scriptures. Thank you, David, for that last song that we sang, The Love of God. Well, I am uh, blessed this morning to be here. I trust you're blessed too. God bless you visitors for being here with us this morning. God bless you, Michael, that you're here and your family safely got home, not without some sickness, but may God uh, bring healing there too. There's sickness going around. Looks like the ladies maybe got hit more than the men, but uh, God is still good. God loves us. God cares about us. And uh, I have a subject this morning that is very big, and it's on the love of God. And uh, so I kind of come up here just, uh, yeah, like I was trying to be very organized this morning. I just finally gave up. (laughs) And we'll just talk about the love of God. Oh, So my heart is blessed, I'm full, I'm encouraged, and I trust you too on this subject of the love of God. Maybe I'll just read a a little bit here out of that song that we sing about the love of God. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star. And we were just at the uh, Creation Museum and sitting in that, uh, what do you call it? The theater where, they, where you see the stars and the galaxies and it just goes zoom, 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 zoom. Any of you ever there, it's like there's just no end. It just keeps going and going and going. And it's kind of like it's beyond us. It goes beyond the highest star. And it reaches to the lowest hell. That's the love of God. This, the guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. It's going to endure forever. This world's going to pass away. I was thinking of uh, the love of God, and I was also thinking of, it says there in John about, uh, uh, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And maybe we'll come back to that later, make some more, uh, uh, talk about that a little more maybe. So the title I have, maybe I have a couple titles this morning. Uh, We'll see how it goes, but... The title I have, Works Filled with God's Love, and then I also have, The Love of God Gives. 
the love of God gives. And if we, if anything this morning, my, how should I say, my prayer or my, uh, my heart would be that we could somehow get a hold of this, that the love of God gives. The world takes, the love of God gives. Somehow to allow that thing to get down into our very being. The love of God gives. <clears throat> so this past week, I got up one morning for my devotions, and uh, <clears throat> I was I was just praying, Lord, I need I need you. <clears throat> Somehow, I just felt a little bit I felt a little bit out of touch, and so I got up and I and I. Uh, <clears throat> Open up the songbook, John D. Martin's songbook, in, uh, in uh, page 753, and if you want to, you can turn there. Uh, <clears throat> but it reads like this, happy the heart where grace reigns, where love inspires the breast. Love is the brightest of the train and strengthens all the rest. I don't know, but that just, that just hit me that morning. It was what I needed. And if I can say it in a nutshell, basically, we can do a lot of things, but if the love is missing, it just becomes a grind. You know what I mean? It just becomes a grind. But oh, to be filled with the love of God where the where the the engine runs smoothly because there's oil all around that thing and it just it just purrs down the road. How is your Christian engine running this morning? <clears throat> How is my Christian engine running this morning? If it's if it's lacking, if it's missing the love of God, I can guarantee you this morning it's a hard the engines. It's going hard. I'll just say it that way. It's going hard. <clears throat> Happy the heart where grace reigns, where love inspires the breast. Love is the brightest of the train and strengthens all the rest. Now I have in my personal devotions, I, I think I said this before already here, this uh, <clears throat> here, but... Uh, I have enjoyed in my personal devotion sometimes just to pick up this songbook and just to go through some of these songs in these pages. And I have been blessed. And that's another one right before the one that we were looking at here, 753, 752. I might just read it here. And I think we know this song. It's, At First I Prayed for Light. At first I prayed for light, could I but see the way? How gladly, swiftly would I walk to everlasting day. And next I prayed for strength that I might tread the road with firm, unfaltering feet and win the heaven's serene abode. And then I asked for faith, could I but trust my God? I live unfolded in His peace. 
though foes were all abroad. But now I prayed for love, deep love to God and man, a living love that will not fail, however dark his plan. And light and strength and faith are opening everywhere. God waited patiently until I prayed the larger prayer. You know, I have prayed that God would give me faith. And I probably still do at times. But this song really, I think, puts it into perspective. And we'll look at some of that more this morning. Why don't we go to... uh, why don't we go to 1 Corinthians 13? <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 13. We probably would have somebody here that could quote this chapter. Is there anyone here that uh, knows this chapter by heart? I won't, I won't ask you, unless you want to. You may quote it. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tingling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, I could do anything. I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long in his kind. Charity envieth not. Charity voteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity, love, never Faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be, there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity. The greatest of these is charity. Charity. Had we prayed that larger prayer, we can have faith, we can have all these other things. But it says here that I am nothing. I can have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith. What does that mean? So that I could remove mountains, but have not charity, I am Nothing, 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 zero, nothing. 
And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and I'm not charity, it profiteth me nothing. We can do a lot of good things. I mean, this is a little bit of mind twister here. Verse 3, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, why would you feed the poor? Why would you do it? If it's not out of love, out of charity, why would you do it? Well, there's people that do it for other reasons. <clears throat> but had we prayed the larger prayer, had we prayed the larger prayer, <clears throat> I have a story or a story. I have something here to read. <clears throat> I get my glasses on here this morning. It's a little fine reading here. <clears throat> I found this. And I have, I think I read, or I have heard it or read it before, some of it. The first part here, I don't, I think it's pretty new to me. <clears throat> but let me read it here. Years ago, a brilliant and talented young man was sent to a mission field. He was critical and controlling. He was quick-tempered and impatient. He rubbed people the wrong way and reacted against people. Finally, the people wrote to the mission board, asking that he be called back as he, he, as he was more of a hindrance than a help. After the board met and discussed what should be done, the secretary wrote a letter to the young missionary. You shall stay under one condition. The condition is that you read 1 Corinthians 13 each day for the next year. Before the year was half gone, a transformation took place. The same person who wrote asking for his dismissal now wrote asking for his continuance. In a, few year, in a few years, the same person wrote the board asking for him to become their bishop. He served more than 50 years as an effective leader of Christ's church. Charles Allen, well-known preacher and writer in his introduction to the miracle of love, shares that he gave the members of his congregation 31 different versions of Corinthians 13. 31 different versions. I didn't know there was 31 different, but uh, apparently there are. 31 different versions of Corinthians 13. And asked them to read and meditate on a different version each day for a month. Then on Sundays, Alan preached on love. Pastor Alan wrote, Marvelous things happen in the lives of many people during that month. In many people, it, it wrought a miracle. Do we believe in miracles? He goes on to say that not only did people come to a new understanding of love, but attitudes and actions were altered. Relationships were changed. Work had more purpose and a new joy took over. Many discovered that love was potent power both for mental and physical illness. <clears throat> Are we lacking joy this morning? I think we know the key. A woman came to a counselor confessing. I didn't, I wasn't sure whether I should read this or not, but, uh, uh, <clears throat> it's kind of a, one of those. Anyways, let me read it. A woman came to a counselor confessing that she was going to seek divorce from her husband, that she would like to hurt him all she could, that she would like to hurt him all she could in doing so. Let me read that again. A woman came to a counselor confessing that she was to seek a divorce from her husband and that she would like to hurt him all she could in doing so. You really want to hurt him? The counselor asked. Yes, I want to hurt him. Then I have a suggestion. Go home for the next several weeks. Treat him royally. 
Do the things you know he likes. Make the meals you know he enjoys. Do something special for him each day. Then when he seems to be responding to you, this is where it's a little bit whatever, hit him with the divorce. I guarantee you, you'll really hurt him. After some time, the counselor met his, this woman in town. Have you filed for divorce? How did it go? The counselor asked. Divorce? The woman replied, I took your advice and no longer desire divorce. Do we believe that the greatest thing any of us can do is to love? Are we convinced that without love, all our gifts, abilities, activities, knowledge, and knowledge amount to zero, will hurt more than help, and will in the end prove worthless? Always our greatest failure is the failure of love. That's what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 13. The, the test of true faith is that work, that it works by love. Galatians 5, 6. <clears throat> <clears throat> Well, I'm not sure. I had read that account about that woman somewhere else, and it came a little bit more through where the woman, I think, went home with a, with a, uh, uh, how would you say, a uh, gleam in her eyes, or however you want to say it, where she, she really thought she's really going to hurt her husband. It's a little bit the way I took it. Now, whether she did that or not, but... It's interesting here as she just poured out her life to her husband for two weeks. Something happened in her heart. Something happened. And I had to think of Denny years ago. Uh, this is on maybe a little bit different note, but Denny years ago preached on, it was on discouragement. And uh, this pastor or this woman one time came to this pastor and said that or something she was just very discouraged. So this pastor told this woman to go home and bake a couple pies and give them to the people at the nursing home. And she went home and she did what the pastor said. And I guess the story goes that her life was changed too because of it. Others, Lord, others, let this my motto be. While I have lived for others, I have lived for thee. The love of God gives. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6 here this morning yet. Actually, let's read in verse chapter 5 first. Maybe we'll start reading at verse uh, 38. Matthew 5, verse 38. You have heard that it's been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. If any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. Whosoever shall compel thee to go him out, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow thee, turn not thou away. Ye have heard that hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. If ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? 
Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Here the title or part of the, uh, one of the, where I, I said in the beginning, the love of God gives. Can we see that in this, what we just read? The love of God gives. I just talked to a man this past week. <clears throat> we were working for him and it was a hard, it was hard. <laughs> I don't know if I should go into it or not. <clears throat> I, I think I kind of felt sorry for myself after it was all said and done. And I had to work through it, but it was a hard day. We went and we put all these, we put these windows in and we thought we did, a, it was Josh and I, and we thought we did a good job. And here the man comes and says, I told you I wanted one inch insulation on the outside of those windows. Oh my. But anyways, in that conversation, you know how it is. You go out and do a job and it's almost, you're almost done. You're thinking, boy, now you can go and do some other things. And, oh, my day is just... Oh. <laughs> well, anyways, in that conversation, and I had talked about this man before, and I don't know why God brought him into my life, but God brought him into my life, I believe, for a very good reason. God has a purpose. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord. And I'm believing and I'm trusting God that somehow, somehow, that by my life, by my whatever, that He will see, that He will sense, that He will somehow get a sense of the God of heaven. But anyways, while we were talking there and trying to communicate, and he was the one that he, he can't speak very well. He has a hole here in his throat. <clears throat> he can't speak very well, but he said a word that was just off color. Very bad. I will say it was just a bad word, dirty word. And I said something to him. <clears throat> I said something to him about it. And I actually went into this scripture. Now, he hadn't cursed God, and he told me that after that. But yet... He agreed with me what I said. I said, here God allows the sun to come up in the morning and, and shines down upon you and your crops and so forth. And here we curse God. So I took a little bit further than, but yet I was, I was thinking that the other time I had talked to him, he actually had cursed God, but I, I wasn't clear anymore on that. <clears throat> but he, he took it. He said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <clears throat> How is it, brothers? How is it, sisters? Maybe us, us more brothers in our workplaces. We had a message here the other Sunday on being a salt and a light to the world. <clears throat> How are we faring? How are we doing? <clears throat> There's a lost world out there. And what I wanted to do was I just wanted to go home. I, in a sense, I almost cried there while, while he was talking or while he was... And I think he, he picked that up and somehow it, it kind of changed his demeanor or his. Uh, <clears throat> and I said, but I said, I, I want to do what is right. I, I was trying to, in a sense, I was trying to talk him out of putting this inch insulation on side of a, a new building, two by six wall. And he, put, and he said he's putting foam insulation on the inside. And I'm thinking, it's just simply an overkill. Can I talk him out of it? <laughs> well, I soon realized that that was the wrong thing to do. <laughs> and... Uh, Okay, I understand. I understand. So we didn't go down that road. So we started again. Josh and I tore 
what was it, three windows out, there's four more to do. We tore those three windows out and we ripped the two by, one inch two by, and put it the whole way around the window, just like that trim there. And we tore the window out and put the window back in again so they could put the insulation up to it and, and we're good to go. So we got to go back and finish it. But it was a hard, it was hard. It was hard. But what does the love of God do? I'm done. I'm done. And I tell you, this man, he has a finished, he has a project. It's a, it's his house. Maybe I shouldn't be talking. But it's sad. His, his brother-in-law is there going to help. He just told me that the heating system is a, is a mess. Bad, there's been bad communication or Communication is just terrible or whatever. He's going to try to fix it. <clears throat> the house is there. Uh, it's, a, it's a remodel job. And, and here it is. He, he's, he's trying to find somebody to do the insulation and the siding. And I said, so who's going to do it? I was going to call the, 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 the guy that's going to put it on, just talking through the whole window thing, because I, I really didn't want to put the windows on insulation. I just felt there's going to be problems down the road. But anyways, I, I, I figured, soon realized that that's not the thing to do either. But through that conversation or through talking to him, he said that if, he, if the man accepts the bid, if he doesn't, he'll go, or if he doesn't accept the bid, he'll have to go somewhere else. But this job is just, and it, to me, I'm getting a picture of contractors are just simply, they just walk away. They just walk away. What will you and I do, brothers, in those situations what will the love of God do? Not maybe what, what will I do. We know what we would do, what, we, what our flesh would want to do, but what would the love of God do? The love of God, and I, I've said this before already, but it, uh, it, it never leaves me. The, I, the, the whole concept here, God's, uh, uh, the sun comes up in the morning and shines down. And I'll use a farmer, a, a farmer who is an atheist or a farmer who doesn't, who curses God. Here he is cursing God. But the sun comes up every morning and, and he has a, 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 a corn field and the sun shines down on it and, and, then, it, and then it rains and rains uh, on his corn field and he gets a, a bumper crop in the end of the harvest. And here he is cursing God. Yet God, year after year, allows the sun to come up Allows the rain to come down on that man's field. Why? The love of God. It's the love of God. Now we know if that man doesn't repent. We know where that man will end up. And, I, and, I, and, and, and just think through with me this morning. For a man... Somewhere, somehow, he has to realize that God is for him and not against him. And when he stands before the judgment, he's, he won't have anything to say. He won't have anything to say. Do you know, brothers and sisters, God, like Denny has said when he was here, we have not been saved 
just so we have a ticket to go to heaven. We have been saved to show the love of God to a lost and dying world. How are we doing? How am I doing? And this is something I have been looking at and I, I just can't get away from it. And I realize, or I'm realizing that we can do a lot of things for the wrong reason. We can do even a lot of good things for the wrong reason. May God help us. May God help us. Works filled with God's love. Well, will we get to that? The love of God gives. The love of God gives. I might share this yet in light of another situation. And this is, this really comes down home for, all, for some of us, us uh, uh, men who collect the bills or collect the, collect the funds and send out the bills. And maybe some of the, our wives do that, but yet it comes down to the men. And what happens if your customer that you did work for doesn't pay? How do you think? What do you think? What do I think? When you see him driving down the road, oh, there he is again. I wonder when he's going to pay up. Is that the love of God? And I I guess I'm just saying something here that, that... that I guess God is speaking to me about, but I have a situation, something like that. And this is what came to me. I don't know where that man is at. I do know he has a hard life. Why send the collection agency to send a, you know, come on, come on, pay up. Or maybe send a, a bill out to him every month and, and just keep, you know, making a little bit stronger. <clears throat> or do I see here a man that he needs the love of God? Instead of, you know, there's a right way and there's a wrong way. I'm not saying that, that we should just write everything off. <clears throat> we know that, that, that I don't believe that's the answer. But somehow in some of these situations, God, I believe God allows these situations to happen. Will we take them and use them? Or will we just spurn them? And then we wonder why our Christian life is lacking. And I say, where the rubber meets the road. It's not only here Sunday morning. It's here 24-7. It's while we're uh, uh, getting our our money for our, uh, uh, the jobs that we did and so forth. What I guess the bottom line is is what is my attitude towards that person? What is my attitude? And if I have a wrong attitude, that thing needs to be looked at and considered and brought before the Lord. <clears throat> We have in Hebrews, maybe I'll just mention here a little bit about works filled with God's love. We have in Hebrews 
chapter 6 where it talks about dead works. What are dead works? What are dead works? We have good works. We read here, we read on here in Matthew is where we, I think the last we read here. Uh, we read on here in, in Matthew chapter 6. It talks about, uh, take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have your, no reward of your Father which is in heaven. It's talking here about almsgiving. It's talking about prayer. It's talking about, uh, it's talking about uh, fasting. <clears throat> and they were doing it to be seen of men. <clears throat> but it's interesting here that he also says that, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. That word reward really stood out to me. Here we have those who are doing things, and they are getting a reward, but it's not coming from heaven. It's not coming from our Father. It's coming from others. So is it wrong, or how should I say, if we do it God's way, if we truly are working the works of God with the love of God, there is a reward, right? There is a reward. So it's not, it's not now if we do it just so that we get a reward, somehow that whole thing kind of gets whatever. So here in, in Hebrews, it talks about dead works. Hebrews 6. Maybe I'll quickly turn there. Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6, it says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. What are those dead works? Well, in light of the subject this morning, I, I, uh, this is how, what I came away with. It'd be interesting to know what your brother's thoughts are on what are these what are these dead works. <clears throat> but I I what I have here this morning is what are dead works? They are void of God's love. They are void of God's love. <clears throat> they are void of God's love. And he says here, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. So dead works are to re, re, be repented of. You have good works in the Bible. You have, here we have dead works. We have evil works. Evil works, you know, are evil. That's very clear. Or dead works, are they evil or are they uh, just dead works? Are they works that are done out of a wrong motive? I don't know. But to me, it would fit. To me, it would fit. <clears throat> Am I doing things out of the wrong motive? And we need... We need the searchlight of God upon our hearts. And if we go to Revelations, uh, uh, where John in the Isle of Patmos, he, was, he had a vision of, of Jesus there. And it says that his, hair and his, his head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. 
And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. His eyes were as a flame of fire. If Jesus would be here this morning, he could look right through you, my brother, my sister. He could look right through you. It says here also that his, 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 his mouth went out a sharp two-edged sword. It says in Hebrews that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword dividing even a, uh, 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 what is it, the bone and marrow. And my understanding is that the difference, to, to, to know the difference between the bone and marrow, it's very hard to discern where the one stops and the other one starts. The word of God is quick. Jesus is able to discern between what is good works and what are dead works, if you will, this morning. <clears throat> And we're here in Revelations, and we also, uh, uh, Jesus there, or John writing to the seven churches, but anyways, just the one here in chapter 2, he was writing to the Ephesus, he said unto the church, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, write these things, saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works. There it is, thy works. Thy labor and thy patience and how thou hast not bared them which are evil and has, has tried them which say they are apostles and are not and has found them liars and has borne and has patient and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Therefore, remember, therefore, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works. See that, brothers? That really stood out to me. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. They were doing a lot of, could we say, a lot of good things, but somewhere they missed it. They were missing, and it was that they were missing, can we say, the, the love of God. <clears throat> Their first love, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly. We need revival, brothers and sisters, and I believe if we would allow God to work a greater work in our lives, and, uh, <clears throat> and we read this about this man, this missionary, that he started reading Corinthians 13, and it changed his life. <clears throat> I think in closing here, I'm just going to read this yet. A love that lasts. For many folks, February is a time of year devoted to giving expressions of affection to a special someone. What is that day? Valentine's Day is coming up, is it? Here in February, I guess. February the 14th is Valentine's Day. And traditions say that you buy that special person flowers, chocolates, and take them out for a special dinner. Did you know, did you know that 75% of chocolate purchases are made by women during the year, but in the days and minutes before Valentine's Day, 75% of the chocolate purchase are made by men. Every year, a million of dollars are spent on this special holiday to express love. 
Unfortunately for many, by the time the flowers have wilted, so has the love. Before the chocolates are all consumed, the fires of romance have died. Why? How can a love that is so expensive and celebrated so quickly subside? It is possible that many people do not understand what true love really is. Is this part of the reason for a divorce rate that accumulates in one of the every two marriages? Is that actually how it is? Ending in divorce? Every two marriages ending in divorce. Does love consist of only feelings and emotions or is it something more? What is true love? How does it function? What are its characteristics? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Corinthians 13. That's in a different translation. True love does not seek to be loved, but rather it seeks for opportunities to love others. Get that. It focuses, it focuses not on what it can receive, but in what it can give. It doesn't look for something in return, but simply desires to express itself in the way it knows best, that is to give. It isn't easily offended, nor does it cause offense. It waits patiently, willing to be ridiculed and mocked, rather than striving for recognition. It desires to protect others by laying aside selfish motives and desires. It is willing to step in front and become the target of the enemy's start so that no one else gets hurt. It never grows weary of carrying the load. It never gives up. This is the love of God. Does this all come with no emotion or feeling? Of course not. However, they are not the driving force. Love is an action of devotion, a compelling choice that fulfills its responsibility regardless of the situation. It motivates others to love. In doing so, it develops a bond of trust and devotion that is made even stronger by the hearts that express care and admiration. True love often has a reciprocal effect. Listen to this. Making a complete circle, returning to the one who demonstrated it initially. It does not function, however, on that premises. True love is a choice to love regardless of whatever it gets love, regardless of whether it gets love in return. An expression of this kind of love would heal many broken relationships. And then they have some quotes here. Uh, <clears throat> I'd just like to read one of them. See if I can. Uh, in real love, you want the other person's good. In romantic love, you want the other person. See the difference between God's love and worldly love? May we all learn to express our love honestly and sincerely. Discard the kind of surface love that is self-seeking and shallow, for it really holds no value. Seeking instead a love that is much deeper, a love that transcends all obstacles and circumstances, that goes on loving in the face of adversary, a love that lasts and lasts, the love of God. Praise God. I will leave you with that. May God fill us with his love. And if you want an assignment, read and meditate Corinthians on Corinthians 13. May God bless. <clears throat>